Welcome back to Data Discourse, a podcast presented by AFCOM Chicago Chapter. I'm your host, John Heiderscheidt. Uh, we're very fortunate today to have Boo Verdi with us. Boo is w- the Director of Technical Solutions for Peak 10 Via West. Boo, say hi real quick. Hello. Great to have you on. Thank you for making the time with us today. Um, The folks in AFCOM are IT professionals and data center infrastructure professionals. And the reason I asked you to come on today is because cyber threats are evolving and becoming more sophisticated. And security needs to be treated as an investment with a partner who can identify vulnerabilities and build a mature security posture. Over at Peak 10 Via, you're uh, focused on delivering that kind of solution for IT professionals and uh, for end users and data centers. So uh, let's talk a little bit generally here for a second. How have cyber threats evolved in the last 24 months, and, and what are folks facing out there right now? Uh, yeah, that's a great question because they're ever evolving. I mean, I think what you when you're looking at this, we're just trying to see what the you know the state of the union is in security and, and cybersecurity. Um, you know what I'm seeing, uh, you know, a lot from from you know clients and prospects and and you know in other avenues that I work at, the frequency of attacks has has gone up tremendously. And along with that, the really the intelligence of the attacks have gone up. Uh, you know, back in quote unquote the days of the early 2000s or the late 90s, you saw a lot of kind of just random probing of the internet of, of people just trying to see if there's any kind of holes or weaknesses or vulnerabilities out there. Today, they're much more targeted, um, and they're holding data, you know, a lot of data hostage when you see with a lot of this ransomware and phishing attacks. Um, so you're seeing a lot of that. And, and the interesting thing about it is I say a lot of them is targeted. A lot of it is also non-targeted, especially when you when you see ransomware, is, is they put out these emails or they put out these fake links, um, and they're just really hoping for anybody to click on it, uh, make a mistake, download some you know, malware, next thing you know, their, their data is held hostage. And, and when it becomes targeted is when they're going after banks or hospitals. And now they can, quote, unquote, hold them hostage for, for a lot of that stuff until they pay that. And then the ransomware, you know, we can get into a little bit later. The interesting thing about ransomware is when you look at the ROI of ransomware, it's really good. And you probably wouldn't think about ROI when it comes to ransomware. But it's really good because they don't have to put this data out on the dark web and try to get somebody to purchase it they can pretty much collect the, the revenue on it pretty quickly because if someone's computer or, or system is compromised and they, they need that data that day or they're running a business, if they're going to pay the two to $300 to try to get that back as soon as they want. And that's when I say it's really targeted uh, and they're really specialized with a lot of uh, intelligence behind it. And, and lastly, I'll say, you know, when you, when you talk about the state of the, the, the union of really of, of security is there's a lot of people out there that are doing um, – uh, threats out there that are strictly for disruption. And we see that today really in our political landscape where obviously, you know, the email hacks of, of the DNC and then even even the RNC hack of, of kind of the uh, S3 bucket on, on Amazon. And they're, they're really just trying to disrupt our economy, trying to disrupt, disrupt our political system. Where we're talking more about email hacks than, you know, about healthcare or the economy. Uh, and, and you think about who's doing that. That's state-sponsored hackers out there just trying to disrupt us um, and make us look bad. 
Yeah, there's no shortage of threats out there, and there's no shortage of creative ways for um, people with bad intentions to try to exploit your systems and your security. And uh, ransomware, especially, you're looking at people um, not just holding your data hostage, but holding your data hostage for cryptocurrency rather than regular um, cash payments, whether it be USD or a different uh, currency. So um, even an extra layer of complexity that goes with that, if you have to unlock your information in a short period of time, not only do you have to pay for it, you you have to go out and acquire cryptocurrency to do it, which is um, not the easiest thing in the world to do. You kind of hit on some of what the major threats are, but um, what is what is the singular one or is there a singular one that if I'm in an IT security department that I should be looking at or planning for or uh, planning to protect against? Yeah, and it, it's the phishing scams because they're so well-crafted, whether that's through an email that looks like they're coming from you know, your bank or Facebook um, and you click on it, hey, add me onto your link. And, and I'll tell you, when, when we talk about the intelligence and the targeted nature of these phishing uh, hacks or attacks, they're so well done. For example, there, this was a case that happened a couple months ago where um, there was an incident at a school and somebody knew that somebody's father's kid had gone to that school. They crafted up this phishing scam. Looks like it was coming from the school saying, hey, we had a, you know, we had a burglar attempt at the school. Make sure your kids are protected. Of course, the guy's going to click on it and, and look at the, you know, the, the crime that was committed there. And the, their computer got compromised. And you would think, what? kind of trouble these guys go through just to target their attacks either via email or fake websites and they're so well done it's not like you know 15 years ago when it looked like a completely fake website that was done by a 10 year old these are these are professionally done websites with professional links on it so i would say these phishing these phishing um, attacks and vulnerabilities are, are the biggest threat out there today we're talking with Boo Verde of uh, Peak 10 via West about IT security and cyber security. What are some of uh, the threats that maybe if I'm in an IT department, you know, the phishing, the ransomware, okay, but what are maybe some of the less common ones or the ones that I might not be cognizant of today that could jump up and bite me? Well, you know, the question, when I, when I think about a question like that, I think about what can an IT department or not even just an IT department, what can a company be doing today? Um, and, and a lot of that is, is understanding what their security posture is. So knowing what kind of data you hold, knowing what kind of information you store and what type of vertical or what kind of industry your company is can make you more or less vulnerable to the type of attack that you have. Um, you know, I think the days of people trying to break into buildings and, and steal data are, are, I don't want to say gone because somebody's <laughs> going to do it. We, um, use it we always laugh about that. Our, our company, MDI Access, designs and builds data centers, and uh, we always get into the aspect of the physical security of the building. And those are important things to have, but you do kind of laugh and think, uh, you know, if somebody's coming in here, they're coming through the wires, to your point. They're not coming through the front door or doing a smash and grab job. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, we, you know, over at, you know, uh, our organization, we, we have many, many data centers that have all the physical securities and controls in place that obviously comply to a lot of things like, you know, HIPAA and PCI standards. But yeah, it's, it's you you know, a lot of our, our, our customers still want the assurance that when they 
enter the facility that there's dual factor authentication, that their cage has biometric scanners, and that there's a camera recording everybody moving in and out of the facility. So uh, all that stuff is, is still pertinent today. But yeah, we I think we know in the in the industry if you're going to be breached or attacked, it's going to be done over the wire. One of the things I'm seeing uh, a little bit more is the idea of appointing a CISO, a Chief Information Security Officer. I'm, I'm seeing those pop up more and more. Are you running into customers that are appointing more of those positions or at least creating a, sort of a department or a, a first line of defense with regards to IT security as it relates to IT in a whole, as a whole? Yeah, and, and that's that's a great point in talking about, you know, we, you know, Peak 10 ViOS, we actually have a CISO as a service. And and the reason we offer this type of service is we know out in the industry that CISOs are A, very expensive, uh, B, they're hard to come by, the, their unemployment rate on them is practically 0%, which means where are you going to find them? And then C, what are you going to pay them? Because they're obviously in high demand. There's not too many of them. They can command a pretty high dollar to, to run on your staff. So you have to really look for some type of managed security, you know, provider or service provider that can offer that service because to put together an entire security program takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of understanding of all your applications, your people, your workloads, and the technologies that you employ. So to put together that program and then you know implement it, that's not an easy thing to do. Um, a lot of companies and organizations they don't really see the need to pay this person on staff. Um, full time to do this one function because they don't see it as core to their company. But you know, I think we know at the end of the day, if you can't secure and control your data, your company could be out of business within you know two weeks. So we offer this type of service ourselves, and they can leverage all of our expertise, how we've done it in the past, um, what we see as best practices out there in the industry moving forward, what type of controls you should have in place, what type of you know, awareness program you should have in place. And, and I'll go back to this a lot. There's a lot of things, you know, within the security realm, but if your employees aren't trained on a daily or a weekly or a monthly basis on just talking security, just talking security, they should be talking about it in all their meetings. Um, have a have a two minute blurb on the latest security threats and vulnerabilities because that will keep people focused uh, on when they're clicking on an email, when they're going to a website, they're always in the back of their mind, they're always aware of that. And that's what a CISO can bring to the table for a company or an organization to develop a security ambassador program, develop a culture of security, um, and then obviously put out this information. So CISOs are very important. In fact, I think in the state of New York, um, if you're a financial firm, you are mandated to have a CISO on your staff. Um, and, and again, in New York, um, how many CISOs are out there looking for jobs? Probably not a whole lot. So what do you do? You can you might have to outsource that type of uh, function. One of the points you just brought up there about uh, folks needing to talk more about security takes me back to an episode recorded with a guy named David Boston from Tie Point BKM Engineering. Uh, the topic of, of our discussion was on uh, facility outages as they related to the facility. But um, when we got to talking about that, the, the number one cause of a facility outage um, was there was a human element to it. I don't want to call it human error because it's not always technically error, but it's the human interaction with uh, some of the systems that are there. I imagine there's a human element to IT security as well or lapses in IT security. Can you talk to that a little bit? Or am I misinformed on that? Is it 
not really a human issue that that leads to these threats. Well, no, you're absolutely dead on. I was waiting for your answer, and I was thinking, I hope he says human. I, you know, I was gonna, I was thinking human error, but I'll, I'll, I like human element. Um, but that is absolutely spot on. It is it is nine times out of ten. It's 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 the fault of well, let's just not even call it fault. It is lack of judgment or lack of education, let's just say is the more appropriate term, of not knowing something. So a lot of times when I think about security, I kind of put it in three different buckets. And I do this with a lot of things like technology and technology with security, it really fits the three buckets I put them in is people, process, and technology. And technology is actually the last piece because if you have if you have uneducated or uninformed or not aware people, um, you you have probably have bad processes in place, and there's no one piece or a couple pieces of technology that's going to fix it. You can't put in some web application firewall or some log management device or some SIM device that's going to fix your technology or security problems because you've got bad processes, you've got unaware or uninformed people, and when when the process is bad and when the people are uninformed they're going to make uninformed decisions like clicking on an email or you know letting people tailgate in behind them or letting people into corporate offices when they shouldn't be allowed to so there's a human element that causes you know a lack of judgment because they're unaware of what they need to be aware of so you're spot on with your with your human element answer i i have to credit some of the other folks that do the interviews with me that make me look good occasionally um <laughs> But yeah, it does seem like there's a common thread there. Uh, getting back to uh, the CISO outsourcing that you'll do at Peak 10 and Via, um, or Peak 10 Via, uh, without giving away too much of the the secret sauce, give me a little bit of the of the hard strategies that your CISO is going to come in and and work with my IT group to implement that are going to reduce the effects of those security threats like the phishing scams, like the ransomware, uh, like the human error element. What are some of the strategies that you're going to, on a, on a high level, implement with, with my group if I'm taking uh, Peak 10 via CISO, uh, we'll call it CISO as a service. Um, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to engage you guys for that, what are some of the uh, strategies you're going to employ to help protect me from these security threats out there? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, because it is such a full encompassing job to, to to just say, you know, a CISO does X or Y is not, you know, probably inclusive of everything that they do because it's not just about implementing the technology in, in place. Obviously, a lot of the stuff that comes with a CISO as a, as a service comes with the initial engagement and doing, you know, what we'll just call a general uh, assessment of the environment. And that could be not only the technology piece of what applications are you uh, do you have deployed, what technologies are you running today, how much uh, are you virtualized, where are your workloads living, are they on-prem in a data center and some in some cloud provider. Uh, so other kind of technology pieces you have in place, what service or industry that you're in, and then um, you know we talked about it earlier, what type of data are you housing? So that's one component, you know, the technology piece of like where are we at today. Um, and then also, again, with the people, like a good security program needs to be in place, and a CISO is essential for doing that. And that really includes a lot of the, the people and process piece that I talked about. And how do we get people on the same page of thinking and talking about security, implementing all the pieces that come in with that, having regular updated meetings so people are aware it's on top of mind. They are educated. They understand anything that they do within the office, and even when they go home, for that matter, it, you know, should be uh, have security on top of mind. 
and then lay out the process that goes along with that. And that's that's the other key component. If there isn't a really good process when it comes to security, not only physical, um, technology-wise and human human element-wise, uh, you know, a lot of pieces are going to fall into place. So doing an assessment of the environment, gauging it, and then seeing where the gaps are, because there's going to be gaps no matter who you are. There's there's, there's gaps in, in either in process or in technology your pieces that you have in place. Are you doing regular updates? Are you at least logging everything? So if you get uh, breached, do you have an incident response, um, you know, handling policy? Is there somebody that can come into place that can help remediate any of that? So once you do an assessment, you get kind of get a baseline of where you're at. Then you have to kind of like pick your, um, you know, pick your battle at that point of what's the most glaring piece, where are the biggest gaps, and then how do I go uh, about, you know, really mitigating a lot of those and just go down that process and so that is you know that part of the, the the CISO service part to eventually like remediating a lot of that um, and getting you to a point where you are serviceable and that you feel comfortable in your security program and your technology stack and then the ongoing maintenance of it because you know security is not a set it and forget it thing and I think people sometimes tend to go down that route which is why they say hey I've updated all my servers and, and I patched everything I'm good for a month well that's obviously not how it works. Security is an everyday thing. It's something you think about every day, which is why there are CISOs um, and technology and security experts in place that uh, are day-to-day -day employees because, um, you know, a breach or a hack or vulnerability could happen at any time. Um, and if you don't have those types of people in place, then, you know, you would outsource that service. And so that's in general at a high level what, what CISO does, you know, but there's a lot more kind of minutia type of things that they do as well. We're coming up on the end of uh, the interview here. Boo, I can't thank you enough for joining us. I do have one final question, uh, but I kind of want to turn it over to you for a second if you'd like. Is there anything about cybersecurity that, through this, if you if you wanted to get one point across to the folks that are listening right now, what would that be? Well, it's just you've got to you've got to have a lot of awareness within, within your departments and within your your company, and really understand what where you are as from a security posture standpoint today um, and then and then move forward go where do I need to be to really feel comfortable on where my security stance is um, going forward and it's you know I think people lean towards technology when we talk about security and yes technology is, is definitely in, in play and it can help it can help get you there and it can help collect data and it can help collect logs it can help you understand a lot about your environment and you know, where there's gaps and where you need to, you know, fill those gaps. But if you don't have the right people in place and you don't have the right, um, you know, kind of process along with that point, um, it, you know, a piece of technology is not going to fix that. It's just going to, you know, probably enhance it, to be honest with you, because now who's actually running this, who's understanding it. So good education, a good security awareness program, uh, making your user base educated on what's out there today and having really security on top of mind helps out a lot. Those are all great points and probably what I would have said I took away from our conversation today, too. I'll give you our last question, which is a catch-all that I uh, offer to every guest just because it's kind of interesting to hear the competing views of what's coming down the pipe. But uh, before, I, before I give you this last uh, question, for somebody who's been listening today and kind of is interested in learning more about what you can offer uh, in terms of uh, helping quell cybersecurity threats and helping improve IT security. Uh, how could folks get in touch with you if they want to learn more about that? 
Certainly, yeah. Visit our website. We've been using you know Peak Ten BioWest name because we you know we we jointly combined as as two companies. Um, yeah, Peak congratulations on the merger. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's it, it's great. It's very exciting. So I have uh, to say, to- I have to say, of all the the acquisition, you know, it's been a crazy acquisition season in 2017. But I felt like what you guys did in Peak Ten did coming together was one of the smartest moves I've seen all year, and I, I wish you guys a lot of luck with it. Thanks. It, it certainly makes us a national player. We, we're covering the United States with, you know, uh, data center cloud and security services everywhere. So, um, and managed services as well. So we're we're very excited. And uh, I probably cut you off before you could give me the answer, but where would you want them to contact you? Uh, so our our website, you know, has all the contact information. Either go to viaWest.com or Pick10.com, and, and you'll you'll be able to get a hold of us and uh, get in touch with a representative on anything, you know, any services that we have. Uh, and anybody that's listening, if you want to get directly in touch with Boo, you can shoot me an email at johnh at mdiaccess.com. Uh, Boo, we're coming up on the end here. We've got this last question, and it's one I ask all of my guests. Give me one tech trend that you're looking forward to seeing develop through the rest of 2017 and into 2018 and why you're excited to see it. Oh, wow, yeah, that's a good question. I, what I'm seeing and what's exciting to me is I'm seeing even more abstraction from the actual physical machine or bare metal of, of people's users' applications. So what I mean to say about that is, you know, as we've traditionally moved into uh, installing an operating system on a physical server, then we moved into virtualization. Now we're running VMs on, 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 with, on a hypervisor on a bare metal server. Now we're seeing even more abstraction of that, of applications now abstracting from the VM level where you've got these different microservices and containers and, and serverless applications that are inter- not dependent on an operating system anymore. They're running on a you know containerized environment, and it's just even more abstraction of the OS. And so that gives developers and IT professionals a lot more flexibility in being able to move workloads around and being able to tear down you know, certain applications at a very quick manner and then building them back up, deploying new code, um, and they're being able to automate a lot of this stuff in a lot quicker fashion. And so what that means for people like me and you is when we're consuming these applications, whether they're on our smartphone or whether they're on our, you know, laptops, is we're seeing updates to new features and functionalities a lot quicker. And it's not, you know, the development cycle is not months and months and months, it's days and sometimes hours. So it's just exciting, not from a tech, not only from a technology uh, perspective of seeing, you know, companies um, innovate this way. It benefits those of us as the end users of seeing these applications uh, just grow and, and become more quicker. Very interesting. And as with all of the guests that have shared their insight on that question, I, I think you're uh, pretty spot on in some of your assessment. Boo Verde, Peak 10 via West, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insights on cybersecurity here on Data Discourse. We really appreciate it. Uh, folks, if you've been listening and you're interested in learning more about being a guest on uh, Data Discourse, you're free to contact me at 708 597 I'm John Heiderscheidt. This has been Data Discourse, a podcast presented by AFCOM Chicago Chapter. Thanks for listening.